Welcome to the Cluey Podcast, where we help conscious consumers like you get cluied into the latest conscious tips, topics, and brands from impact-driven founders to experts and thought leaders on the topic at hand. I'm your host, Mary Claire Mannard, founder and CEO of Cluey. Let's get cluied in. Today's topic, how sustainable can cleaning products truly be? To discuss this, our guest today is Kate Jakubis, the founder and CEO of Meliora Cleaning Products, a Chicago-based manufacturer of cleaning products that are free of single-use plastic with ingredients that meet strict criteria to avoid harm to people and planet. They're one of the most certifiably good brands in the laundry space and cleaning supply space with a whopping five certifications, not to mention being top rated on Cluey. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Mary Claire. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. So, you know, I didn't, I talked a little bit about Meliora, but I'm really interested to hear first and foremost about your background and your story of starting an impact-focused consumer business. How did Meliora come to be and, and who was Kate before being the founder of Meliora? <laughs> Yeah, terrific. Um, my background is actually really technical. I, I know a lot of consumer brand followers have a really personal story um, of you know what brought them to their mission-focused business. Um, mine is still really important and personal, but it all came about from like studying <laughs> engineering. Um, my original background, my my um, bachelor's degree is in material science engineering. Um, I've always loved figuring out problems and how, you know problem solving. Um, when I after I finished school, after my bachelor's degree, I was working in research and development um, for a company that made faucet products. And at the time I thought I was like an environmentally friendly person. To me, that meant I recycled, I guess. And like, you know, I liked trees or something. I don't know. But but when I was doing that job, I started working. There, there was a new regulation that came out that required the amount of lead in faucets to be reduced. And uh, I suddenly realized, you know, how interesting it was and how important it was to not only sort of do the right things on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, for the environment, but I became very interested in what that meant technically as a product engineer, as someone that was working for companies that were offering products, what are the responsible things that those companies should be doing to ensure that the products they make are safe for people and for the planet. Um, and so I ended up going back to school. I got another degree, a master's in environmental engineering. Um, and I worked for a different company for a while. And uh, eventually I realized I wanted to, to make better cleaning products. I was learning about what the impact of um, something we call intentional release when we intentionally put something out into the environment, which is the case with cleaning products, laundry powder, where we're adding them to a washing machine, then we intend for them to go into the water. Um, it was really interested in that idea of looking at, you know, for these products, how can we make them safer? How can we look at the impact of them? And ended up thinking that really it was an industry that needed better products. Um, and so I thought, why not me? I'll, I'll be the person to introduce them. Um, and the, the rest is, I guess, history, as they say. That's awesome. I, you know, I've never heard of the term intentional release uh, just yet in my own uh, journey and discovery into sustainability. So that's Really cool to hear, and um, I'm I'm interested to learn more about that. Um, we can talk about that all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, just really quickly, when when did you start Meliora again? What year? 
Yeah, 2013. So we are almost 10 years old, coming up on 10 years. Happy, Thank uh, you. happy double digits birthday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what's so unique about your story, I mean, you mentioned that you're extremely technical in terms of your background and as a founder, but how plugged in you were into certifications and generally the regulatory space because of this interest mm-hmm. that you mentioned. So mm-hmm. how do you think that that specifically certifications and having a deep understanding of regulations and the regulatory space, how do you think that helped you in your mission to become quote unquote, the world's most transparent cleaning products company. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things definitely influenced it. I mean, I worked for about 10 years in the product regulatory space. So this was something I was very comfortable with. I, I joked for a while uh, that I would put on my resume, like like high boredom tolerance was one of my main features, uh, uh, like professional qualifications. I can read a 20 page, you know, proposed regulatory document. And like, that's that was like just a Tuesday afternoon for me. Um, So I think being comfortable in that space definitely helped because I felt like I could navigate it. Um, We, you know, as as an approach for Meliora, it helped us determine a strategy for certifications. And to us, you know, when we look at the whole, there's, you know, there are, I'm not gonna say millions, but there are certainly dozens. There might even be hundreds of of certifications that can apply to, to different products. So when we're choosing what are the ones that are important, Um, We actually think about two things. Uh, One is, do they actually help make the products better? Um, You know, on top of boredom tolerance, I'm also great, great at paperwork. Um, So some certifications are just about, you know, being able to fill out the paper and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not necessarily making your product better. Um, So a good example of that um, is the Leaping Bunny certification, which we do hold. And I think it's great. Um, We had a lot of customers asking for it, but we didn't change anything about our product to get that certification. We just had to do the paperwork for it. that as opposed to something like our B Corp certification, which looks at the entire governance structure of our company, how we do things, how the company gets operated, the type of things we do, uh, how we pay our workers. That's a certification that actively helps us and makes our product and our business better. So we basically will only do uh, pursue a certification if it does one of those two things. If it um, actually makes something better, uh, like B Corp or Made Safe is another certification that helps helps our products. Or if our customers demand it, it's something they keep asking for, um, and then we, we will get that certification if it's something so market driven like that. Very cool. And like I said earlier, you guys are one of the most certifiably uh, amazing <laughs> brands out there, just given the sheer number of core certifications that you have. So what are all of Meliora's current certifications and can you list them off for us? Um, yes, I'm I'm pretty sure I can. So we are a, women, uh, a women-owned enterprise. So I own the majority of the company. Um, we are certified B Corp. So again, that's at the governance level that, that covers all the activities of the company. Um, we're Leaping Bunny certified, uh, which has to do with animal testing and lack of animal testing. We're also vegan, so we don't use any animal ingredients. We're Made Safe certified. That's actually one of the one of my favorite certifications. Looks at all of our ingredients and screens them against a whole slew of standards to make sure they're safe. Um, and let's see, is that it? Uh, we're one percent for the planet company, so that's a has to do with our commitment to giving back to our community and the environment. That's awesome. Well, those are a lot of amazing, amazing certifications. Um, But I want to get into the meat of our interview now, uh, because there is a big, big topic at hand in the 
cleaning supplies, cleaning supplies space, specifically the sustainable cleaning supplies supplies space. Excuse me. Um, but you started your company uh, with your laundry powder product. So right now, uh, the laundry detergent space is having a bit of a reckoning, as I mentioned, thanks to another impact-focused brand in the space, Blue Land. Um, for our followers who are unaware, Blue Land commissioned a research report regarding laundry pods. You know those plastic uh, little pods that dissolve in water. Uh, well, supposedly dissolve, I should say, but they are made of a synthetic polymer called PVA. Essentially, their study indicates that these pods don't actually dissolve, and in fact, they pollute our waterways with microplastics. They're even petitioning the EPA to remove PVAs from their safer choice labels. There's been plenty of pushback from brands who make pods indicating that they're water soluble, um, and given, you know, given your brand offers one of the only completely plastic-free laundry products on the market, I'm curious what you think about this hotly debated topic. I am, gosh, I'm so glad you asked this question. Um, and it's, you're totally right. It's such an interesting time in laundry right now um, because we have so many people that want to avoid plastic that are looking to reduce their plastic usage. And it's so easy to look at a giant plastic jug and think, you know, that you've got to throw it away. And it's, so easy to look at these strips and pods that maybe they feel, they feel a little like styrofoam, but it, it doesn't say they're plastic on the package and they come in a cardboard sleeve and you really want to believe that you're not contributing to the plastic pollution problem by using them. Um, and unfortunately, I think that the information that's coming out, the science that's coming out shows that that's really not the case. Um, so one of the important things I want to touch back on is we already talked about the phrase intentional release, right? So um, if we're thinking about a regular, a, a liquid laundry detergent and that comes in a plastic jug, um, everybody, including the laundry detergent manufacturer, is going to agree that you're not intentionally putting that jug into the environment. Nobody is nobody wants that plastic jug to end up in a river or in a waterway. Um, so when it ends up there, to, it becomes microplastic. It's a failure on a number of levels, and certainly we want to avoid that. Um, but what I don't think the answer is, is designing the plastic to be re released intentionally, taking the plastic from that jug and putting it into the sheet. Um, again, the, the way that you are supposed to use this product, you're intentionally adding plastic to a waterway. And I, I just don't see how that's an answer to the plastic pollution problem. Yeah. Um, regarding the, the microplastics issue. So um, in technical language, a microplastic is a, a small piece of plastic. So because PVA can be fully dissolved in, again, legally, technically, it's not a microplastic because it's a dissolved plastic or plastic soup, I guess you could call it instead. Um, to me, that's a distinction without a difference. I don't think people really... Um, expect that, you know, a microplastic only refers to small bits and like this dissolved plastic somehow is not plastic. Um, so, you know, I certainly, my, my biggest problem with them is that again, there's an intentional release of plastic every time they're used. Um, my second issue with PVA is that the brands that are using them um, almost to a brand um, are obfuscating the fact that this is plastic. You'll hear the sheets design, they will say dissolvable matrix. Um, they're not gonna say it's a plastic. They, they call it a matrix, they call it a backing material. Um, they call it a, just a material. Um, and then the, it feels like pulling teeth to get them to admit that no, this is a synthetic plastic that is making up their product. Um, and just because, you know, there, there certainly there are some studies saying that it in theory under the right conditions, whether those conditions exist is, out for debate. Um, in theory, they can be um, broken down. They, they are biodegradable. But um, again, I think 
biodegradable is going to be the new recyclable. We all know that just because something is recyclable doesn't mean it gets recycled. Um, nobody is going to sell you a, a yogurt cup and tell you that your yogurt cup isn't plastic just because it's recyclable. So um, I definitely don't understand the, the notion of selling someone a laundry sheet and telling them it's not plastic just because it's biodegradable. Yeah, I believe Blue Land had a piece in their campaign that they've, their marketing campaign that in the same way that like it's water soluble. So it's like salt is water soluble, mm -hmm. but like just because you can't see salt doesn't mean you can't not taste right. water. So right. like, like you're, you're still like, putting it in there. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like we've had a bunch of people say like, they still think it's better than jugs. And like, I have to say, I don't think it's better than jugs because right. it's a mistake when a plastic jug ends up in the waterway. It's not a mistake. You're intending to put PVA in the waterway. So obviously I want, I want the science to come out. I want to know like, is a theoretically, you know, biodegradable plastic better than breaking up a jug? Like, I would love to know and answer that. I don't think we have that answer yet. That makes a lot of sense. And <clears throat> to clarify, you know, uh, another point for our users too, or for our followers, I should say, who are listening in, the concept of uh, this uh, chemical or this, uh, this compound PVA, also called PVOH, um, being considered a safer choice ingredient by the EPA. It's also technically uh, mentioned as not considered harmful by the Environmental Working Group as well. Um, so there is still a debate. You know, there is no uh, official, this is definitely uh, from some sort of regulatory authority, this is definitely the, the wrong type of ingredient to be releasing into the waterways, or this is definitely the right type of ingredient to be releasing into waterways. This is still a new uh, a new debate that's really being um, uh, unfolded currently as we speak. But one of the reasons why PVA and PVOH was thought to be considered safe was because of that biodegradable element, uh, considering that there are some microorganisms that exist in certain wastewater treatment plants that can actually break down that specific compound. Uh, the issue though, according to the Blue Land Commission research report, is that uh, wastewater does not exist in a wastewater treatment plant long enough for those microorganisms to break down and biodegrade that compound fully. Uh, it needs about 30 days, but most wastewater stays in a wastewater treatment plant, you know, maybe under seven days. So oftentimes about the re report indicates that almost 75% estimated of laundry pods, detergent pods, et cetera, these sheets actually make it their way, uh, ultimately ending up in waterways. Um, so yeah, so, I, you know, it's really interesting to see how this is, this is shaking out. Um, you, you're familiar, you've, you mentioned earlier when we were chatting before the podcast that you even spoke to somebody at a wastewater treatment plant. What did, what did they say about yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. So another kind of fun fact is I, I happen to have a, a master's degree in wastewater management. Um, that was the the subcomponent of of environmental engineering that I studied. So luckily for for me in this situation, I, I did know a few people that I could call um, on the phone and get their opinion as someone working in wastewater treatment. Literally, the people that are pulling the levers and making sure our water cleans up. Um, and the the perspective that was offered by by the engineer I spoke to was that you know they they are a government agency. They are cleaning the water they have a list of of um pollutants that they by law have to remove from the water and they're things you would expect taking lead out of the water um it's you know it's a short list of, of very toxic items um the trouble comes in where like in order to not waste tax payer money which we all can agree is probably a good thing the wastewater treatment plants are not taking out anything that's not on that list 
So if it's not on the list, it's not getting addressed. The, the wastewater treatment plant is not designed to set it up. And in fact, as we know from, from the study and from speaking to people, it is not getting taken out. Um, so unless it becomes a priority pollutant, thereby providing funds, governmental provided funds uh, to help take it out of the wastewater, it's not something that we can expect our wastewater treatment plants to focus on. Um, so yeah, that's another element of um, wow. practicality. It's, it's not coming out. I had no idea that you know, aside from those priority pollutants that in order to save efficiency and, and time and money that most everything else is not being taken out. So that's kind of a scary thought, but thank you yeah. for sharing that with us. Um, well, you know, our clue stance and recommendation to our consumers is that while the EPA hasn't made an official call on this, uh, they have said that they are going to consider the research or pro uh, proposal and the research and petition proposal argue that the EPA should take uh, PVA and PVOH off their safer choice label until they conclude further research uh, definitively one way or the other, whether or not these ingredients are in fact safe for our waterways. But Kate, I'm so glad to have gotten your perspective on this, especially given your very technical background. Uh, and I did not find that I needed a tolerance for boredom at all during that. I found it incredibly interesting. So thank you for sharing. Um, You're welcome. I, just spreading the joy. <laughs> Now, we love to end our podcast with two glimmers of hope. So first glimmer of hope is what's a new innovation in the world of impact that you're really jazzed about right now? Um, absolutely. I, I'm actually going to say the world of impact is uh, so business focused. I just started teaching at a business school here in Chicago. I teach operations um, at a mission focused MBA cohort. So like this is a group of students that went back to study business with the specific idea that they're going to, to integrate mission into their business lives uh, for the rest of their careers. And I feel so much hope from that, from the engagement of the students, from the up and coming students and scholars of today that are going to be the business leaders of tomorrow that take it as a given that of course they're going to to be mission focused of course they're they're doing things to help change the world and i love that so much that's awesome to hear yeah i think we can all agree that uh the world would only benefit from more business leaders being uh impact driven and impact focused in, the, in their priorities so that's awesome um and the second glimmer of hope question is can you rapid fire name three other impact focused brands that you absolutely love and use in your day-to-day -day? and what is it that they make um, yeah, I'm, I'll just, I'll just focus on one cause it's, it's so fun and it's relatively new to me. Anyway, I just learned about, um, a brand called Cougar cheese. Um, and it is a, it's cheese, literally like dairy product cheese that, um, is made at the university of Washington. So their social focus is that students at Washington, one, learn how to make cheese, which I, I love the idea of learning how to make anything right. I'm in manufacturing, like get my hands in something like let's make stuff. Um, and so they, they learn how to make it. They learn how to market it. They literally run this business of cougar cheese. And the best part, I've never seen cheese that wasn't wrapped in plastic and sold in plastic. They sell cheese in cans. So they, it comes in a can, um, like literally, like it looks like a giant tuna can. It's not like the spray cans from maybe someone's college days. Maybe I did that or not. Um, but like literally a giant can of cheese that you get. The cheese is delicious. I love the mission of, of the education component of it. Um, I love everything about it. So a great, great holiday gift. Cougar cheese. Awesome. Well, you heard it here first on the Cluey podcast. Check out Cougar cheese. Uh, thank you so much, Kate, for coming on our podcast to get our followers clued in about the debate on plastic in the laundry and cleaning space. And thanks to all of our listeners who tuned in for this episode of Cluey Podcast. 
You can learn more about Meliora and their impacts at cluiconsumer.com and search for Meliora. You can also visit their site at meliorameansbetter.com. Kate, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And as a disclaimer, Cluey does have an affiliate relationship with Meliora Cleaning Products. We only enter an affiliate into affiliate relationships with brands who score B- minus or higher on both their people impacts and planet impacts on our rating system. Our ratings are aggregated from best-in-class third-party data sources, so Cluey cannot impact the ratings of these brands ourselves. If you'd like to learn more about Cluey, our top-rated brands, our ratings, and how we make money, you can find it all at clueyconsumer.com slash about us. Come back next time to get clueyed in on the latest in the world of conscious consumer.